it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's time for Seminole Headlines, featuring Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron, Managing Editor Ira Chauffel, and Senior Writer Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, Pistols and Pies, starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. The Seminole Headlines begins right now. 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchant TV. Great to be with you, as always. There are the boys. Let's see if I got it working. Say hello, boys. Hello, hello. Hey. What up? Look at this. What Look up? at this. New board, new stuff rolling on. Hmm. As always, welcome in, everybody. Appreciate you watching, listening uh, to 93.3 and Warchant TV. And, of course, thanks to our friends at Register Sausage. Yay, Sausage. The did, best sausage you'll ever have. Did he have a promo for uh, Jaheem? Did he not do a Jaheem bell for the, like a oh, promo man. code for Jaheem? It never ends. I don't yeah. know if he's doing the uh, transfer portal he promo should. codes. Are the guys that stay maybe? I think he should have done one for Jordan if he didn't. He'd be busy though. There's well, a lot. There's of a lot of he guys. Did, yeah, that's he, every every night. There's five I guys announced. I think he staying. did one for Travis last week. I and, think he did. And I think there's a new uh, season's greetings kind of promo code mm. just for. Just okay. for just for being jolly with the, all of the all the people like register sausages, and I'm gonna be looking that up real quick, so you guys can you talk about kinda, it. You thought maybe you made it up? You pulled a Corey. Just dawned yeah. on me this second. Hey, I can say this: I grilled register sausage last night. Your classic, just plain register mm. sausage, the original. Uh, chopped it up, put it in another item with the kids, and it was all good. Everybody loved it. Everybody loved Stephanie it. Stephanie made a jambalaya a couple nights ago. Asked me she was gonna use register. She said, "Should I do?" Jalapeno cheddar or into we? Yeah. And I said, hey, sugar britches, how about both? <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. My favorite part is the sugar britches. <laughs> well, right. You but got I mean, that out there. Well, we have terms of endearment for each other, right? And yours yeah. has always been sugar britches. Sugar britches. She yeah. loves it. She loves it. It's kind of a sign of the times, you know? I think I was done researching. And I may have lied. It doesn't okay, matter. We fine. know there are promo The promo code codes. is sugar britches. And it's on the regular from yeah. Register Sausage. There is a promo code seemingly hourly. If it is based oh, on recruits. It. I didn't lie. Okay. Not this time. <laughs> Every product on the website, which is registermeats.com, is 15% off now through December 19th, which is not passed yet, correct? Correct. Yeah, we got about five days left. You got plenty of time left. there, buddy. Orders have to be in by December 19th. The uh, promo code is XMAS15, Xmas15. Oh, uh, okay. And uh, 15% off all anything you buy from registermeats.com. For Tatum Bethune. Uh, shout out to Tatum Bethune for coming back for another year. Right? Who hasn't? Yeah. Yeah. Who no, has I know. not come just back for another in, year? I do like that some of them. Just type in a, a number. A number yeah, they're, somebody's they're coming back. They're I, on their way back. I do like that we are in the, I guess I, maybe every school is doing this and I just don't pay attention to them because it's not on my Twitter feed, but like. Guys that you're, I guess the right response would be, oh, all right, where were you going to go? 
And yeah. I'm not trying to make, take shots at guys. Kind of sounds like you are. Though. Well, but you, there there are five or six guys that we were really wondering, worrying about. And then there were there was a flood of guys that you hadn't thought you were worrying about that announced they were coming back. Didn't I even know it was on their radar to not be coming back. I think there's two different things going on. There's one that the announcement that they're coming back, and then part of it is the acknowledgement that they have an NIL deal yes. with the battle's end. So and I think I that's think, getting conflicted a little bit. Yeah, and if we're being honest, I think those kids, that's got to be a cool thing because it feels like you're signing a con- like you're a big deal because right. you're signing a contract the way that NFL prospects do, you know, or undrafted free agents do. So you're seeing that. Everybody wants everybody else to know, hey, I'm signed too. And, yeah, they're all going to promote that. But Battle's End's going to promote that as well as they should just to let everybody know they're serious. And right now it's uh, obvious to all that they are serious. And that's good news for Florida State because there's no doubt the successes in the transfer portal – from last year, you know, we're, what we're watching with the last couple of seasons, the way that they've been able to secure these players, assess these players, elevate these players, and improve the football team, and now pay these players. I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't seriously consider Florida State if you're an upper-end player and you're an offensive player in particular, by the way, although they've had plenty of success on defense too. I, I can't see why you wouldn't look at Florida State because they're cashing it in. They're clearly a team on the rise. Well, the Jaheim Bell kid from South Carolina who committed yesterday, transferred from South Carolina. Corey wrote a column about it. Mm-hmm. Michael also uh, had an interview with his mom, and there's some interesting, really interesting stuff in the inter- in the uh, interview where she talks about, you know, he's originally from Lake City, mm-hmm. went to high school in Valdosta with Tate Rodemaker, who did sign with Florida State in the same class. It was his quarterback. Florida State was recruiting him, uh, but it was at the period where, you know, he was being recruited by Taggart staff, and then they get fired, and then you don't know who Mike Norvell is, and so he signs with South Carolina, has a nice career there, and a big reason he's coming to Florida State is because of what they did this season. Like, they watched this team play and said, well, if that's what Cam McDonald can do. Imagine me. I, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Imagine what I would do in that offense. Basically. That kid's nickname is Biscuit, and he's caught 200 <laughs> yards. He had as many receiving yards as I did. His nickname is Biscuit. Mark yeah. Easton. And, uh, yeah, just for people that don't pay attention, but Correct. that was, that was gotcha. Mark Easton yeah. Douglas. Cam McDonald obviously had a good year, but she even said in the Q&A, she's like, Cam's a really good player. He gets open, but Jaheim's a little faster than him. And I'm guaranteeing you that's kind of what they were hearing. Yeah, it's funny. I saw Corey and heard Corey yesterday as well as in his written piece try to dance around and be somewhat complimentary of the new piece while also not ripping the old pieces. Hey, no offense, Cam, as I rip your yeah. sorry uh, I didn't rip okay. them. I just – they. you know, look, when, you, when you're looking at that offense, they're – I wouldn't say the receivers are elite, but they were an enormous upgrade just across the board. And not just Micah and Johnny, but the guys got better around them. Sure. Um, so the receivers play. Competition I, I, tends to do that. The running backs, to me, are close to elite. The quarterback, I think, is elite. And now you have an elite-ish talent at tight end, man. I mean, again, yeah. this is a guy that carried it 17 times in an SEC game at running back. And you're going to have him, you're, you're going to devise those screens that, that get Mark Easton Douglas 14 or 16 yards? Well, this kid could take it 50. That's the kind of athlete he is. That's That was like the one piece I thought skill-wise they were missing a, Well, we've been a screaming it from bit. the mountaintops on this show, my show, every show. Everybody's talked about how but, what – the reason why 
is it was such an important piece of what they did at Memphis. Yeah. It was also described by Mike Norvell himself on the day he was hired as an important position. The H-back, right? Yeah, That's what he called it. He didn't it. call it an H-back then, though. He called it something else. Three-back, I think. It is an H-back in essence. Right. But yes, somebody multifaceted. Somebody who's capable of blocking, somebody who's big enough and strong enough to do that, but also has hands and is athletic enough that you can put him out in routes and he can run away from people, but also you can use him as an H-back as a lead blocker. Lots of It's hard to find those guys who have that skill set. And clearly, this is a kid who does. And what's cool about it is, that, look, this offense is already really good. It's bordering on a lead if it isn't. And next year, with everybody, most the skill guys coming back, it was going to be one of the best offenses in the country. This was like, it's just a cherry on top of what you already had. You you didn't necessarily need a great NFL tight end. You 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 showed that this year. You were, you were very good on offense without one. Now what's it going to look like with this dude? I think that's what's so exciting is... It's a piece that could go that could make you, you know, a top ten offense to a top two offense. Well, underneath that cherry, though, they probably need one one more scoop of offensive line. Yeah, they, well, yeah, question. well, yeah, yeah. Sure. And then they need they need some interior defensive line, and they need. Yeah. I mean, if but you're going to play offense, for what do they need? Yeah. specifically about the offense. Offense. So. What do they need? They need one lineman, probably. We we done after that. I maybe take two. It depends. One or two. One or two. Yeah. yeah. It depends on the quality of person that's reaching out to you. That's the other part of the conversation that we keep having is now they've been able to go out prior to the wins and assess guys and find guys that they thought would fit in the locker room as well as upgrade the position group. But now they have the now they're in a position to accept a lot of calls and inquiries from guys that are of a higher caliber player. You talked about that with Coach Inshaw. Yeah. Um, so this is something that, you know, it's an interesting time to watch to see how discerning they are as a staff. Like well, what do we want? What do we really need? And what are our options? And how quickly do we want to fill those? You don't have to fill them all this week. You don't have to even do it on signing day. You've got time. I went back and uh, I was bored, and I just wanted to hear what we were saying before the Duquesne game. I was just kind of curious, like what was the what was the tone before the Duquesne game? And we were we felt very good after preseason camp, but it was funny because at one point, I guess on the Sunday Smash, I had made a comment that you know I think eight and four, you know, and if things go well, maybe nine and three. And so somebody like kind of pinned me on that in a question, and I was like, "Slow down there!" I never said they would definitely go nine and three, and uh, it's just so funny how like your perspectives change from then. I mean, it was just three months ago, but we still had so many questions about this team yeah. going into the season. Yeah, I mean, the evidence changes the way you think, and it's fun as as it builds, right? As you yeah. see more examples of what's possible. I mean, we had absolutely no idea. We we liked what Trey Benson looked like. But we had we, absolutely yeah. no idea what he well, would Well, and no idea that Jordan would turn into right. this Jordan. And look, man, I, I the whole preseason, I put all my stock, not all my stock, all my concerns into the offense. I thought the defense would be okay, but the offense had to take a giant leap. Yeah. And it absolutely did. Yeah. I mean, start look, the LSU game, they only scored 24 points. They should have scored 38 points. That's when I knew, okay, this is a different looking thing, yeah. man. This is, and that was before Trey Benson was Trey Benson. And they were still moving up and down the field against a what turned out to be a pretty decent uh, LSU team. But Quickly, I think, well, right? I was going to say, I think that confidence though is not unique to us. I think that was the case for players. I think that was the case for staff. I think sure. there were a lot of people in this program that didn't know exactly how it was. I mean, it's. I think it came out better than they thought. Certainly with the offensive line, given the amount of injuries right. they at yeah, had absolutely. to deal with. I, I mean, they did. They knew they had added some pieces and some depth, but I don't think they thought or anybody could have thought, well, if we lose half those pieces, we're going to be fine. 
<laughs> like yeah. that's how could you ever know that? And think back to Maurice Smith's injury early in in the year, and you're thinking, I don't even know if he's going to play the first few games. On top of Caden Lyles already being out for the year, right? And now you're starting to scramble about, well, what does that do? Well, that makes us move this guy to here, and this guy has to go back over here, and that's not where he's best. And now I've got a guard playing tackle again, and all these different things. And so, yeah, it played out certainly, I think, better above and beyond what we thought it would. Now the the trick will be the opposite going into next season. Everybody's expectation is going to be that this team competes, A, to win the ACC championship. Start with that. I think there, there's a fan out there who isn't thinking in their mind, we're coming for Clemson. That's it. The time is nigh. Yep. We should have beat Clemson last and year. And hell's and coming year. with us. Yeah, there it is, right? Now is the time. They look like a program starting to reel a little bit, although they probably upgraded quarterback. And we're rolling right now. Nobody else in the Atlantic is going to really compete with us right now. We should take out Clemson. Win that championship. If you win a conference championship, you're certainly in the conversation for a college football playoff berth. So this is the expectation. And anything short of that will be, I think, pretty devastating for four state fans. And we're months and months away from it all. But already, especially every day, there's a new reason to build that up with a yes, I'm coming back. Yes, I'm coming back, or I'm coming in. Yeah, you know, you're seeing this hourly. It's it's almost hard to keep up with. It's it's every day that you get that news, just like we did yesterday. You're no longer shocked. You're like, okay, it is clearly humming. They've got everything moving in the right direction. There are a few more pieces, and it'll build to to actual national signing day because I think we wonder: are there a couple of kids out there that haven't committed to Florida State yet that are thinking really long and hard about it now? Maybe having time to reconsider given what they've seen throughout the rest of the state. Do you care, though, in the era of portal? I do care. I know, and I do too, but I think maybe the average college football fan now is like, yeah, that's great, man. You got a four-star linebacker from Lake City. What about the kid that's played two years in the Pac-12 or the SEC? Like, I, the, What the portal has done to, like, I think, recruiting interest in what recruiting rankings I think mean. Been, I think that's fair to say, it's Corey. All I, been, it's all been... Uh, you, you know, altered, I think, forever, as long as the portal is like this. But your best teams, most of them, including, including Georgia. Georgia took zero transfers they don't, last year. There are not a lot of transfers yeah. coming in there. They've built something up from the ground up, and they've got a basis for uh, the elite-level play. Now, if there is an injury or there's a guy that really shines and shows interest that you can supplant, even Alabama bringing in the Georgia Tech running yeah. back, like you, it, that can happen, but it's few and far between from the upper echelon clubs. Yeah. And that's where we're hoping Florida State gets to. But it gives hope to everybody else. And you're right, it does alter the way any of us view signing day. Signing day is no longer the be-all, end-all. It always was. Now it's kind of like, eh, whiffed on that kid. There's got to be a safety out there we can grab right now, right? Can also, we can grab a safety before spring? Might be able to get him in a couple years. <laughs> yeah, Who cares? He, like, he can be ja coming back. Jaheim Bell put on a Florida State hat at a signing day ceremony, took it off and threw it on the ground. To put on a South Carolina hat. Well, he kind of threw it to the side. Well, all right. Sorry. It was a, it was a, dismissive. Well, it but wasn't it was, as disrespectful as some of the <laughs> others. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. Jaheim, we got nothing but love. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got nothing but love for the way you threw the hat down. Right. But, like, that was three years ago, and now he's going to be your starting tight end. Like, you don't lose out even when you lose out anymore. And you can't afford to turn your back on guys who piss you off on Sunday. <laughs> no, yeah, you can't burn yeah. those bridges. You're like, well, that hurt. We'll see you in a couple years, yeah. maybe. <laughs> you know, that's kind of where we're all at. I mean, I think even – the most diehard amongst Florida State fans, as much as it angered them with Travis Hunter, if if tomorrow you found out he wanted to come, I think the staff and everybody else would take him in, don't you? Yeah, but I do, hundred uh, percent. But I also think the it's a it's good to have a mix, and I think they have a healthy mix right now. You, yeah. Again, you've got these young guys like the Patrick Paytons and Shaheen Browns and those guys who have developed in the program. The guys, that, I mean, shoot, some of these guys started as freshmen, Kevin Knowles and yeah. and uh, 
13, Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper. Cooper. So oh, now you don't even know his name anymore. 13. He's just 13. Yeah. 13. Oh, Amari, and you got to pick it up, yeah, man. Got to uh, play better. Yep. So you, you want that mix. I, I don't think I don't I don't know that Florida State's ever going to be at a point where they're not because I think you're seeing Georgia and Clemson, some of these other teams reevaluate now too. I mean, like Clemson's reevaluating, they're starting well, to look at transfers because they have to. Imagine that. Imagine <laughs> yeah. But a year or two ago. He was wrong of again. Course, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hypocritical again. Yeah. No, not surprised. Seminal headlines, 93-3, Real Talk Radio War Chant TV continues in just a moment. Hey headliners and elite headliners. It's Ira here, and it's time to talk Shopify. As you remember, a couple of years ago, we wanted to create and sell headlines merch for the best podcast listeners in the world. That's you. But we had no idea where to get started. Now we're selling Yay Sausage shirts, and it's so easy. All because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're a startup working out of your man cave or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool you need to grow your business without all the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. You could be selling Don Julio socks from Shopify's in-person point of sale system or offering headliner shirts from Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform. Whatever you need, you're covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love most about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up today for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase, and they'll help you grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Go to shopify.com slash warchant. Seminal Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for War Chant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chofel, and Corey Clark. As we move forward here, really quick, two things. Want to note that if some of you asked about it, tonight is the bowling tournament for charity for the Guardian Ad Litem. It's always fun for us to be able to do. War Chant staff will be there, uh, and, and, and the teams that got registered in time will be there. But you're allowed to swing by if you're willing to give and want to give. We certainly accept that and appreciate that. The kids of the Guardian Adelaide, most uh, importantly, uh, would appreciate that. So anything that you can do, it's at District 850. It begins at 7 o'clock. We'll probably get there around 645. Swing on by. It's open right now. You can swing on by. If you're running around town and you've got a gift card or a, little to- a toy for a little girl or a little boy, whatever you want to do, we appreciate everything, and every year it's always overwhelming. It is one of my favorite things to watch the community come out and provide for those that are less fortunate. So that is tonight, District 850. You can still give. A lot of people have asked, and I appreciate that. Uh, so just swing on by there, anything you you can give. Yeah, and um, on top of that, you guys, everybody will be bowling, but also Coach Henshaw, George Henshaw, oh, nice. is coming out. And he wants to support the cause, so he's going to come out as well. Very and, cool. And if people want to come out and just talk football with Coach Henshaw, I'll be hanging out with him. Uh, just kind of you know shooting the bull, talking football. We'll be there, and um, so if you're not bowling, and and you know I know all the the official lanes are filled up, right? But right. yeah, people, if you bring a gift, you can come out and talk a little football. There's nothing wrong with that, and I actually think it's uh, for all of us. We're gonna bowl, but we're also gonna be talking and meeting yeah. with people and doing all that. Not stuff. Corey. Corey doesn't talk to anybody. If well, he's in a bowling alley, <laughs> I call he's him, I'm focused. Bowling. Yeah, he's all I'm in. doing. Yeah, locked well, in for that 144. Are you bringing the special ball? No, no. I wish I had a ball like Jeff's. I yeah, would pull that Yeah, it's a sweet thing. ball, but yeah. Uh, but here's the thing. This year, I have to admit, 
So the lanes are all filled up. Everybody's ready to go. But we have no Alicia, and I never realized how important Alicia was oh, to our cause. How did you not? Well, yeah, I, I, I guess I kind of did. did. I was blocking it out. I did, yeah. She has been vital to the cause. Also, there was no such thing as the transfer portal and NIL <laughs> prior mm. to the last couple of years. And so normally this is a complete dead time for Tom and I at all, and now it's not. So it, it is organized. It will be great. But I'm going to have to, and Tom's going to have to, and you're going to be talking to Coach Hinge, and all of us are going to be kind of wandering around, doing our part, as well as bowl. Because I intend to bowl well above whatever Corey bowls. Man, I can't oh. wait to see with the new the new muscles I have what kind of ball I'm going to be bowling with now in that pin action. Oh, it's going to be explosive. 16, Probably right? a 16 or 18. Do they have a 20-pound ball? Go with an 18. I okay, think. yeah. It just the pin action is going to be incredible. So that is tonight, and we appreciate it. And then the other thing is we should at least acknowledge – Rest in peace, Mike Leach. That is uh, not shocking news based on what we had begun to hear over the weekend. Obviously, it looked like this was maybe trending in a very sad direction, but passes away too soon at 61 years of age. It was certainly 61, that was it? Yeah, 61. And uh, certainly a unique character. I I will say this. In the early 90s, when I was in school here and then trying to get into radio, I remember him at Valdosta State. And Mm -hmm. I can also remember the rise of the air raid offense and reading a Chris Brown piece uh, who, who who started Smart Football, the mm-hmm. website Smart Football. He did this in amazing – you guys can find this online. I just thought of this talking about it now. Um, with Hal Mummy and Mike Leach and that, that the, the evolution of that Chris offense. Chris Hatcher. Yeah, Chris Hatcher. The evolution of that offense and the variations of it and what Mike Leach contributed to all of that. Obviously a really bright guy, unique, quirky guy. Uh but you can find that article. It's out there. I'm giving Chris Brown credit. It's He did smart football. His website is no longer, I think, what it was at the time. But he has an extensive piece on that. And if you ever wondered what he contributed to college football, this was the most thorough vetting of that, I thought. Mm-hmm. So just heads up. If you know what I saw uh, on Twitter today? Because people were making the case for him to be in the Hall of Fame, which I would have no problem with. That you ha- they, have a, they actually have criteria for head coaches. Oh, okay. That you have to have won 60% of your games to be eligible for the Hall of Fame. Is that right? Yeah, which is uh, random and weird. I, I didn't know that that was a thing in any any Hall of Fame. Maybe the Golf Hall of Fame, you have to win a certain number of games or tournaments. Well, you have to I, win a certain number of tournaments, yeah. I thought it was – I didn't know there was criteria. Uh, well, and, like and it's interesting with him because he took up reclamation projects a lot of times. Yeah, and he was he was an innovator, um, so you can't just judge by record. Like, what's Leonard's career-winning percentage? Yeah, right, right. Sure. If you're taking yeah. on, That's you know, a, yeah. again, rebuilding projects, you're not going to have a great record. Speaking typically. of, they got a, they got a big game tonight. USC Upstate. I'll just say they got a win over yeah. the weekend. Can we just that say that? Since the last time we saw each other, they got a win. They could get back-to-back wins. Oh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. I was say, let's go. I think they're double-digit favorites. USC Upstate would beat Louisville those by water slowly, Ira. ten we, points. We will since we, you know, since we've Taylor Swifted the first month of the first two months of the season. I will say this real quick: it is encouraging that they played well in that game. Louisville stinks; they're well, awful. Well, they're winless, but. It was encouraging to see them play well after they had given a good effort against Purdue and Virginia, two top five teams that they played really well with. Yep. But then you lose Cam Fletcher, you think, oh man, this thing may spiral back down. They, you know, so it was good to see them play well again, again against a terrible team. So we'll see what they do going forward. But at least it was nice to see them not take nice a big step back. It was nice to see him smile and talk a little bit about the set of circumstances that they yeah. find themselves in, and be candid, and then also, you know, note that hey, the more I talk about the things I didn't do or the injuries we've had, the more it sounds like excuses. So I don't want to do that. He's in a tough position because on the one, I think he would really like to vet that. But you're in season. I mean, you're in the middle of a season here, and you got games to play. You got to try to win them. Uh, they are playing better, but they are 
obviously without quite a few of their players. So I mean, anyway, enjoy tonight, right? Pre- Preston, Preston in the chat said they had to shake it off and get a dub. <laughs> there you go. Nice. Well played. <laughs> um, we, is Jared Burst coming back? What's going on, gang? What's going on? I I mean, I think there's a chance. I think there's a good chance. Hmm. That'd be something, huh? Are you, you, trying, to, okay. you trying to read my poker face? Uh, so if Burst comes back, you still you still go get you another D end or two? One? What, what are we looking at here? Maybe like, one more. Maybe one more. You like Peyton and Verse, but if there's a if there's a really productive player out there, I just I don't know what you have behind that that you feel great about. Well, I'm I'm very much in favor McClendon's, of comparing. McClendon's okay, an okay, player, yeah. right? I'm very much in favor of holding Florida State to an elite standard because I think that's what obviously they want to go. That is the goal. Feels it's, like they're heading there. Its history is that when they're operating at peak efficiency, they win championships. So why not compare them to how close they are to competing to win a championship, make the playoff, however you want to look at it. And so, therefore, it's right down the road. You just look over there at Georgia or Alabama or what we think LSU will be again here soon. And, you know, I think Florida's going to be real good again soon. So you, you just look right around you in the same recruiting footprint. These are the standards you're going to have to reach. And do you have that level of talent? And if you don't, where is it least concentrated? Well, it's least concentrated on defense. They don't have enough difference makers on defense. They've got some nice pieces as starters. Nobody that's really extraordinary just yet. Really big deal, though, for Bethune to come back. I think it's great. Yeah. His experience, his leadership, his productivity. He's not Marvin Jones, but that's a big deal for him to come back. It is a big deal, and I'm happy he came back. And I like that he understands who he is and how he fits. And that's important. I agree. But, again, you're looking for awe-inspiring athleticism. And Florida State's lacking that on defense. And moreover, they're lacking that in terms of a depth of talent where the guy goes down. So we don't know what's going to happen with Fabian Lovett. I I would think he's going to go pro, but who knows? And we don't know what's going to happen with Jared Verse. I do feel decent about him coming back. And and you referenced the Coach Henshaw piece, which I posted. It's at warchant.com if you want to read it. Just 10 bucks for a year if you're not a subscriber. Sign up. Let's go. But Coach Henshaw, the point he made is in the NFL, the way the NFL coaches look at their team is, okay, we've got 45 guys dressed. 40 of them are just kind of the guys. They're your team. They get you through the game. They give you a chance to – but there's usually like five guys on your team, if you're a good team, that are going to make those plays in when you have to have them, the Kelseys and yeah, oh yeah. You know, pay, superstars. You know, superstars. Sure. And Florida State has probably got a couple on offense now, but you you know you need to get a couple of those guys on defense. And, and yeah. Jared Verse is that kind of guy. He Jermaine is. Johnson was that kind of guy. There's a lot of guys that have started a lot of football games and that will come back guy, and yeah. might have, they may finish their careers playing a ton of football. Yeah, you need those guys. We'll always be in that first forty. Yeah. How do you get? How do you get some? This is an opportunity because this is a, you know, and again, I think to your point that you were getting at is that, you know, we don't know what two years is going to look like. We don't know what three years is going to look like. This team next year has a chance with that schedule to do some big things, man. Man, it's got to be. They got it. Anything they can do by hook or crook, yeah. get well, as much talent as they can for this team this year. And especially go that goes to my point about the defense. Like, you know what the offense is going to be. Right. The offense is going to be good enough to win every game, I think. It just is. You Maybe one more lineman, sure. Go get a lineman or uh, somebody, an all ACC caliber lineman or something. But defensively, if you can have a good defense to go along with an elite offense, right. you, that's how you win championships. And this is a championship level offense, in my opinion, production wise. What they did against good defenses, um, they had some lulls because every offense in America does, but by and large, it's a championship offense. The defense does not have the elite playmakers that may it, you it's almost like you're you're a team that finishes 
loses in the second round of the AFC playoffs or something. And you're like, man, we just need a hole or two. We got to fill one or two holes and we can go win the Super Bowl next year. And I think that's how you can look at this Florida State team. did an exercise with Tom yesterday. I do this every year around this time where we kind of look at if the playoffs started today, right, in the NFL. Who can win three games? Who who can really string together some wins against elite teams? Like, we got a lot of teams that on a given Sunday can beat you. Like, if you see the Jets, you're like, the Jets can beat anybody in this league on a given Sunday. Have you guys decided about the Bucs yet? Like, where do you stand? (laughs) We we don't give them much of a chance. You're a playoff team, though. You're a playoff team. As of right now, we're a playoff team. I don't know that we're going to be. Carolina could hawk us down. but That was some homecoming. But, yeah, but the the point would be, and that was always going to be an ass kick, and we were (laughs) laughing about it that week. I was like, we can't block them. If you can't block them, you can't win. Florida State knows all about the not being able to block mm. people. Thing. <laughs> yeah. um, I felt like that all over again. But I, I did. You look at the playoff teams, you go, okay, well, the Eagles could win it all. Uh, you know, In the NFC, anybody else? Yeah, the 49ers could win it all. They play great defense. Their OC is actually their star. Their head coach is their actual star. You know, He puts any quarterback in a position to succeed. They're physical. And you kind of go through, could Dallas? Maybe. Is there anybody else? I don't know that Minnesota could. So we're playing that game. The point is, in the AFC, you'd say Buffalo could, Kansas City could, the Cincinnati Bengals could. It's a little bit deeper. When I do the college football thing every year, I'm like, who could really win it? Now, this year was more interesting. There were a few more teams that you could argue throughout the course of the season were on par with the upper echelon. Normally, it's just Clemson, just Alabama, just Ohio State, and maybe one sacrificial land that's going to get their ass kicked in the playoff like Notre Dame. So, this year, you're kind of like, I don't know, there's like six of those, maybe eight of those. So... What does Florida State have to be in that conversation next year? What do they have to do to be – can they be one of those teams that you go, maybe, maybe, like TCU turned out to be that maybe yeah. this year, right? Can Florida State be TCU next year? Can they be good enough to do that? Well, that's where it gets interesting because if you get some difference makers on the defense, the answer is yes. With the schedule that you're referencing, Ira, the answer is yes. With the schedule they have and the pieces they have on offense, if you just get – Three or four guys on the defensive side of the ball that can change a game. And Verse can, so I would count him if he comes back. I think you need another guy or two. Like, I need an elite player in that secondary. There's not one right now. Well, there is one, but he's going to the NFL. There you go. Yeah. And, and and even Jamie Robinson, who we like, he's not a first-round yeah, draft that, pick. I don't know that he's a guy that you, that's well, he's changing a, a lot of games. He's, he's, a, a, he's a very high, he's, good college football player. He's a tweener. Yeah. He's a tweener. He's not a, he's a not tweener a, between good and great or a tweener yeah, like but, in position? No, no, oh, no, no. no. Oh. But he didn't like, change a ton of yeah. games this year. No, but State. he's – I mean, he is a – Come on, man. I'm he's talking about like no. Guy. I mean, he's not. He's not Derek Gibson or, or right. somebody like that. He's not a superstar at the position. No, he's not a first two round pick, but he's he was instrumental to them being for sure turning into for a, sure. a good player. Solid We're talking defense, about maybe. game changers. Had they ever properly utilized uh, our boy that's with the, the Chargers now? That Asante? Kind of, no Derwin. Uh, Derwin. That kind of playmaker. That right. like a freak. Well, like that I mean, you're not changer. getting a Derwin James. Well, that that we, that, that, that I don't I don't think there's a lot of those walking around the earth. There but, are first-round draft picks that make a big difference. Jamie's not. That guy is. Yeah, there but are others I like guess, that. I wonder what the question being, are you going to be able to find a first-round pick in well, the portal? You know, or a second-round pick in the portal. That's where you wonder. That's what it comes back to developing and getting them early, plucking them off the tree. Also, um, also getting a guy that maybe has more than a year, a guy that has one or two years where he's on the verge of that kind of start. I'm like, I think you got the tight end that's on the verge of being yeah. a really elite player. So yeah. it's it's kind of fun to go through. Are you looking at a question? Yeah, well, I just feel like that we got a Bill Reagan's reference in the chat. Nice. Bill Reagan's isn't walking through that door. <laughs> <laughs> I take and I love Bill Reagan's good player on a great teams, but I I like I think I take Jamie over Bill. Mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, it's close because Bill was a very good player on a great in a really good secondary. But I imagine putting Jamie like transporting him back to nineteen ninety. 
he'd have he'd have made some plays too. I think. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give the, the nod to Bill because there's a better chance he hears this and there's a better chance yeah. I, we see him. Bill, I love you, buddy. I love you. Don't. <laughs> I was just kidding. Come on, that was a that was obviously sarcasm. Seminole headlines, ninety three three Real Talk Radio War Chant TV continues in a moment. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May fifth. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Seminal Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for War Chant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chofel, and Corey Clark. So I guess now, uh, what, are we, what are we waiting on? How many more players do you think at this point uh, are we going to get news on in the next 72 hours? There's no practice this week. There's no more, nothing going on this week. We're not going to hear anything there. I assume some will be breaking in the next 45 seconds with the way our show usually well, works. Well, I'm hoping to speak it into being. Yeah, me too. Yeah, that'd be a cool. A headline curse. Yeah, uh, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that, you know, the couple of the guys like Jamie Robinson, Jared Verse are the two that I think most people are most concerned about. Sure. And they're probably getting more information, I would assume, from the NFL, which may not always be like, you may not have all the information you want right now. Uh, so that th- those decisions may take a little bit longer, um, but I think, you know, I mean, I think there's, you know, there's 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 probably five or six more guys that are still out there that we're waiting for decisions on. Um, I think most of them are going to be good, though. Um, I do too. Yeah, I mean, I think most of them are going to be good. The general consensus has been for some time now, as this thing got ratcheted up, and the intention of uh, Battle's End became apparent. You know, every day we came in here and were asked questions about it. I was like, look, man, I mean, if the kid wants to come back and they need a competitive offer, they're going to get a competitive offer. And so at that point, all you were doing was waiting for each yes. And all they've received are yeses, yeses, yeses. The remainder is like in the case of versus Iris says, even if he wants to come back, let's if you find out you're a first rounder, you're not coming back. Yeah. Although, yeah, are you you're in the neighborhood of a first rounder because you wouldn't know for sure unless you're like right. you know Will Anderson or yeah, somebody. Yeah. The yeah. guys that the guys that have not announced are Jared Verse, Jamie Robinson. The the we that we believe still have decisions to make. Jared Verse, Jamie Robinson, Fabian Lovett, Treshawn Ward, Johnny Wilson. Some people feel like he has announced because he signed a deal with Rising Spear late in the season. I don't know that that's 100 percent accurate. We'll see. And then uh, Keem Dent. Keem Dent's an interesting one because so. The other day he was asked, like, could you talk about your decision to come back? Well, he's never, I don't think he's announced anything. And so he talked about, yeah, you know, I didn't want that that bad year to be my last year here. Well, I think he's talking about 2021. Hmm. So I don't know that he, I people know, have taken, he was good in 2021. No, he's talking about the team's bad oh, year. Oh, yeah, I got you. I got you. Yeah. So I'm not sure. I'm not 100% okay. sure on him. He has not, like, done a social media post or anything like that. So those are a couple of guys. But and, I don't know that, I don't know that a lot of people are, you know, think the season's going to hinge on what Akeem Den does. But and also when it comes to the so running it's backs, those three: Jamie, Fabian, and and Jared are the three that. Because I yeah, think yeah, I think yeah. we assume Jamie's going to go, but we assume Jamie was going to go at the end of last season. So there's, sure. a, you know, when yeah. he hears back from the NFL, he may decide, oh well, play another year. And Johnny could go ahead and firm it up. Right. I think people feel good about that. But yeah, I think we think he's coming back for sure. But the running back room, I, I'm fascinated by that. Like I thought. 
it was an under-the-radar big deal that Toa Feely announced he was coming back because he is a guy that could go somewhere else. And I do think he gives you something that nobody else in yeah. this offense gives you. Um, Treshawn Ward coming back. It, Rodney Hill announcing he com- was coming well, he, back. He, he has a deal. Yeah, right. So, and people so might think, well, where was he going to go? Well, he, you know, he might want to go get more carries at another school. So him coming back is good. Treshawn Ward has not announced anything. <laughs> and you wonder, okay, is he squeezed out of the room? I don't it, think he's squeezed out, squeezed out like of the they room. Would but, take I, him. but I do think he's probably looking at his options is what I would assume. Yeah, because he could go. I'm going to assume he's gone. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't think, I think that's a fair assumption and I don't think anybody holds any ill will towards him doing Nobody it. Nobody should. No. Next year he would average five carries a game, maybe. Well, when he came back from his injury this year, Trayshawn had taken over. Trey. So he, Trey. Trey. The yeah. other Trey. Yeah. They call each other Trey, but Trey Benson had taken over. So Trayshawn didn't get a lot of carries in his next couple of games and I think he fumbled in one of them. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's looking at it like, well, yeah. If you can get a school to offer you good money, say a, a school that's insane, like Liberty. Liberty's paying people insane money to come there, including coaches who make parallel moves to leave Coastal Carolina and go to Liberty just because of the money, right? That's not a great move from him. If a school like that called you and said, we'll give you a hundred grand to be our running back, well, man, you're never going to see that here. Take it on down the road. Go get your money. Good yeah. for you. He's not really a pro prospect. Go get your money. I would root for him to do that. I mean, especially because he's at a position, and it's not a knock on him at all. But he's at a position where there are really good players. One of them that's in front of him. But the yeah, but the fact the the other side of it though is he is a good player, and he's been like one of those guys that's been bought in from day one. Yeah. He you know every he's well liked. Um, so I don't you know those are going to be some interesting decisions. Like I think some of these decisions that we've seen from some of the guys who are leaving that have entered, entered the portal. Mm-hmm. Everybody assumes when somebody enters the portal that they're pushed out. And that's not always the case. I think there are some probably some players on this team that could have helped at some point, but I don't know how far, hard they fought to keep them because they do need cap space to get some better elite cap players. Space, cap space, there we go. That's the reality of it. No, so there, it, it if is. it wasn't for that, I think maybe they would have fought harder on some of these young guys because there's some developmental players that I think had potential. It's not like they're all busts, but when they say, hey, I, I, I'm getting passed over here or I saw you sign this guy, so now I'm looking to leave, I don't know how hard you would yeah, fight like, if you're Mike Norris. So if Trayshawn Ward comes in, was the response right? So if <laughs> I understand. So if Trayshawn wanted to have a conversation, I think that would, you would assume that would be the kind. We love you, but it's the price of doing business these days. Yeah. Kids wanted to get paid forever, now getting paid, but there are expectations that come with that. And oh, by the way, if you're not meeting those, and somebody wants to come in here and play, and I can pay them, you can take it on down the well, road. You, no hard feelings. Have it, a good day. If we assume there's just a finite amount of money, you you don't just have an uh, an ever flowing fountain right. of money to draw from. Rodney Hill and Trayshawn Ward are pretty redundant, uh, and, and Rodney Hill's younger and probably better. I think his um, upside's better, yeah. Uh, he's, he's got more upside, but I don't want to dismiss what Trayshawn Ward did for this program, man, because sure. this thing was a cluster. He's also easily, easily uh, liked. Yeah. Uh, he's a hard He's a former walk-on. He played yeah, in the man, Sun Bowl yeah. and ran hard. He always Dude, yeah, ran hard. He was, he was their best running back through the first half of this season until he got hurt, I thought. Um, waiting till Trey Benson kind of took the training wheels off and became a stud. Trey, Trey Strong Ward was the most dependable guy, except for, you know, that pitch there at the goal line. But I'm not blaming him as much as the guy that pitched it I, or the guy that or, called it. The there's called there's it. blame to go around on that one. But, I mean, I don't I don't want it to sound like we're just uh, good riddance, Trey Sean. I mean, or not even that. I like, don't we don't we care. Are, I, but I, it's I, just the reality of college football, man. You can come back and be in a four-headed backfield, but you can't you can't get – the money that you could get at another place or the carries. Yeah, I think that people are going to have to to learn that it's not a it's not always, sometimes it is, but it's not coming from a place of of callous disregard for one's 
contribution. It's just the reality of situation. If you're stacked at a position and you're going to pay the younger guys to stay and then you have a star in the making that's coming back in Trey Benson, well, it just stands to reason there's going to be an odd man out, yeah. maybe more than one odd man out yeah, and, in and, that room. And I just want to follow up on something from last week because you said something and I was I was like kind of not backing you up on it. But, yeah, the reality is if, if Colorado wants to bring in 70 players, they can. There is this one-year – it's this one-year right. window – where there's an exemption and there's no limit if, as long as you stay within under 85. But I do think the reason it's tricky for Florida State is because they do have a lot of players they want to keep. Sure. You know, this isn't – you're not in a situation where this w- this would be the ideal year for a new coach. If you hired a new coach like Colorado or some of these schools where you can flip a roster like today, you can – I mean, you could run off 40 guys, 50 You also guys. don't even need a recruiting class. Who cares right. if you're late to the recruiting cycle? You can go in the portal and get – Fifty guys, but that's not going to be the case. I don't. I, we don't think. I think it was a one-year deal. I think this is a one-year deal. We'll see what they do. I going think he forward. said two years, but I don't know because okay. of COVID. But I don't know if it goes back to last year and this right. year, or this year and next year. But it's only a two-year window where I, it's kind I of do unlimited. Think there roster is an inherent risk to doing what you're talking about, though. Yeah, and yeah. And, and 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 the point I was making before was that Florida State's not in a position to even consider that. They don't have to, right? And 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 but even if you even if there was 25 better players. Then 25 guys on your roster, I don't think it makes sense because of what you've built. What you've built, right. And that's where if you've been able to create and have it be born from a great culture and it's founded and rooted in something that is real and tangible that kids have already bought into, you're not going to try to flip the roster at that point. You have everybody pulling in the right direction. It's just doing what they've done, which has been smart identifying key places of need, adding the depth surgically, and then also making sure that those players are players that are going to fit in the locker room. Of the the vast majority, if not all, of the transfer portal players that they've brought in, none have really upset the apple cart, even if their role didn't turn out to be what maybe they thought it was going to be when they came here. You have not heard about problems in the locker room with those guys. Yeah, and I think when they've arisen, they've worked through them pretty quickly by communicating. Um, and one of the, you know one of the nice things about Jaheim Bell and, and and he was at practice. They all those guys were at practice. Was it Saturday? Yeah, I think they were yeah. all at practice Saturday. And watching him interact with you know Jamie Robinson, who he played with at South Carolina, and Justin Turnantine, who was at South Carolina, and and you know Tate Rodemaker was his quarterback at Valdosta, and he I guess he played seven on seven with Winston Wright. So he's got oh, a lot man, of guys what? on this team. This guy. That he was already connected with. Hey, fam. Is, yeah, what's up? Which whole is team. Nice. Yeah. yeah. He's I mean, ready ready to roll. Well, and they. And you brought, when you bring in a guy like Johnny Wilson, who has probably no connections, mm. and it, he assimilates that quickly, imagine guys like that. And I, and I wonder, going, pivoting real quick, because we we're just talking about the running backs, though, is like going back to like the, the roster structure. You got too many receivers. And there, the, don't be surprised. You you are going to have two, three, probably four receivers just have to bounce because there's no there's there's not enough opportunity here. You've got what three receivers coming in and the wide receiver in, in the recruiting class. Right. I and, don't know. You know. There's. I guess there's possibility maybe one of them could maybe do something else. But yeah. Yeah. So it, so and one of them a five star. So you right. know he's going to be uh, fawned over. And then you've got like Winston Wright coming in who didn't even play. Like what does that mean for Jakai Douglas? What does that mean for Micah Pittman? Or Darian Williamson, Portier, like these guys that we like that have potential that might go somewhere and star or at least start. Uh, you you might lose just because you don't have opportunity here, and, which is and, a good place to be. When two years ago you're bringing in Par- Andrew Parchment, thinking he was going to be the, yeah. the difference maker. I mean, that's how far this place is coming. That's two years. the point to reiterate is that it's a real good problem to have, and it's not because of animosity or acrimony in the locker room. It's that you've been able to recruit over top of kids. 
You've been able to bring in transfer portal guys that have proven it in some cases, others whose potential was undeniable. And now you have an opportunity as a kid gets healthy, who's played a ton of power five football, Winston Wright. He's going to, he's going to be in the fold. You know, he's going to play because he's played big time college football for you before. So that reality is something in which if you're lower on the depth chart, you know, you, you do, you do have to consider your options. You may well, not get on the field. And that, that sounds like a new age callous 2023, no, but, it's, but, it, yeah. but it's always gone on. Coaches like, have always recruited, recruited over, over that yeah. class. That's yeah. happened but forever. It, isn't it cool for kids like Darian Williamson, though, who might not ever get a chance to play here? I think you will. Probably. Personally. Or just ne- throw right. another name in there. That they go, they have now an opportunity to go somewhere else and play immediately and enjoy their college football experience. Oh, yeah. And the, they're, the not just, available. they're not just frozen on a depth chart at Alabama. Or yeah, like Alabama's lost 20 guys to the portal. Yeah. Good players. Because they just see, well, I'm not going to play here. Well, right. you can't just stockpile all the talent anymore. They're going to keep, you know. They're going to go to other schools, and they might help beat you. It's been fun to to monitor. I, I Monday nights, you guys know this. I bring it up often, but it's fun to compare and contrast. Is he going to talk about Nebraska again? I am. Oh, I did geez. the show with Nebraska last night. But think about this: they have a new head coach, yeah. and he's got a new staff. Right? If Corey agrees to start watching that show, will you stop talking about it on our <laughs> Not show? Not watch it all the time, man. Yeah. You do a great job. I know. Thank you. Uh, no, no. What I thought was We're interesting: fine. they hired. Syracuse's defensive coordinator, right. the 43 who, who year old. I think did a good job. He yeah. did a good yeah. job. And so I know a little bit about that guy. We were talking about that. He runs the 335. We were talking about he's up and coming. He's a decent recruiter. But they were talking about how Nebraska is a place that has to use the portal because their roster's ass. Yeah. They've been awful yeah. forever. And I was like, well, you couldn't have picked a better time to once again, I suppose, be replacing your coach because you got yeah. a guy who's a name commodity in Matt Rule, who's won at places like Baylor. So and he had to he had to you know obviously re- resuscitate that place. So you go in there now and you've identified coaches that you've liked that you've worked with on various trees before. And now I can get a quarterback, I can get a running back, I can get a wide receiver, I can get a linebacker, I can get I can get all those guys starting next year. Their culture already sucks, so they don't mind taking the risk. Yeah. Whereas we it. would upset the yeah. culture here. You got to be careful about who you bring in. Not there. Culture's ass. Yeah, Nebraska and Colorado. Regular. And Nebraska you know, and Colorado. There's no risk there. And you know who deserves a lot of credit, man, is Jordan Travis. Could you imagine him on the open market right now? Like if Jordan Travis had said, and, I'm not, and I know he's going to be taken care he's of. Take, he's well taken care of. Yeah. But I'm saying if he was on the open market mm. with all of these schools. That need a quarterback. Yeah. Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State are all it, leaving. Or their quarterbacks are all leaving. I mean. I'm not saying it would have been Caleb Williams last year or whatever, but it, I mean, I, there would be. Yeah, there would, he, he could have driven that question. price really high. And there are positions. This is where it's like the NFL draft. And I know a lot of people hate that because we always love to separate the pageantry and everything else of college football from the NFL. And I get that. But you know what? They've moved on. This is what the reality is. There are positions every year in which there is a run. Right. At a particular right. place. Yeah. Could be quarterback. Could be offensive line. Defensive end. Yeah, defensive end. This year, I know for, just portal numbers tell you this. You can look this up. Schools are actively pursuing guys off this roster and others, mm-hmm. whether they're allowed to or not, on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. So low-key important was the re-signing of Robert Scott. Right. Mm-hmm. Like they had, you know, they had to probably give Robert Scott. I don't know the number. I like that you use low key, by the way. But no cap there. I, I like that you use I low key. I like that you use no cap. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <thanks-sake. laughs> by, yeah. by the way, yeah. <laughs> the fact that you just said no cap. He's sixteen. <laughs> yeah, man. It's a normal, yeah, yeah, we're yeah, we're yeah, talking yeah. in the cafeteria. Yeah, yeah, by, yeah. by the way, uh, 
but that was the point Corey said earlier when people might look at some of these guys announcing they're coming back as, oh, where were you going to go? Right. It's not about whether you're going to the NFL. Right. Yeah. But you could have gone yeah. to another school right. right down the road, and then now we've lost a starter. Like in the case of Robert Scott, especially, I would have been like, well, he's not a dominant offensive lineman, but he's a starter. big effing deal. Yeah. And, and for him to come back, I mean, there were schools after him, and we know that because there but are But is this a ton the new reality, though, when you start at Florida State? For say four or five games, and I know he started for much more than that. But just moving forward, is this going to be the new reality in November and December? Is yes. every kid announces he's coming? What do you think is going to happen if Julian Armella starts next year as a as a redshirt freshman? Could you imagine? And I think he's if better he than anybody well, else they have yeah. on the offense. And if he plays Kirk, well, could right. you imagine what they're going to have to do to keep him? Well, that, I'm, I'm talking about like a uh, I don't even want to use somebody a, a lesser prospect. I got you, I got you. you know what I mean? Just and the journeyman starter. And I think I just don't know if other schools are doing it, but I assume they are. We just don't because we don't follow those schools on Twitter. It's just it's interesting that this is Luckily the life you got we your live. Guy who covers Nebraska? You got Nebraska. So I can give you. A I hope none reference. of those guys are announced that they're coming back. <laughs> All those starters need to hit the road. <laughs> you know, Anthony Grant went and had a good career there. He did. Yeah, yeah. He's done really well for them. No, it's 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 funny because I do think now, in addition to signing day, as well as transfer portal information, NIL information, we're all going to sit around and talk about roster retention every year, constantly. Absolutely, identifying that guy as a guy that a team's going to come after. Oh, we better probably get out in front of this guy because he's already showing promise. Better pay him now. Like this is what teams do with free agents. And what's interesting is how quickly these schools are now that because the scouting departments they now have, like Florida State has scouting department has a scouting department where they're researching players that they have developed at schools where they think they might be on the market. That's so awesome. Like, so like that offensive lineman at Rhode Island that yeah. everybody, everybody wants, wants. I mean, as soon as he went in the portal, like they everybody, everybody wants that kid from Rhode Island. Headliner questions forthcoming. Stay with.